I think that we are caged by our cultural programming. Culture is a mass hallucination. And when you step outside the mass hallucination, you see it for what it is worth. Why should culture imprison us and somehow place a barrier between ourselves and our true humanness? Well, I think I said at the beginning of this thing, culture and ideology are not your friends. They are not your friends. This is a hard thing to come to terms with because a certain kind of alienation lies at the end of this thought process. On the other hand, you can't live in the cradle forever. You can't be clueless forever. So somebody might as well just lay it out for you and say culture is for the convenience of culture, not you. How many times have your sexual desires, career aspirations, financial dealings, and aesthetic inclinations been squashed, twisted, rejected, and minimized by cultural values. Cultures are boundary-defining engines. That's what they do. They teach you, we do it this way. Don't go there in your mind, in your heart. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Cultures are like operating systems. You're choosing to limit yourself to a cultural reality whether it's the reality of being Toto or Orthodox Jewish or whatever it is, it's a smaller world than the simple hardware you were born into this universe with. Back in bold, this is Bold Perceptions. The topic of the day is the People's Republic of China. The Great Tiger. I got Danny here. He's been living there for six years originally from the United States of America. And today I really want to dive deep into a perspective from someone that's actually in the beast, the big tiger. Because we see all this Western propaganda, you know, China's this enemy, China's this, China's that. But I want to know what the hell is actually going on in that country. I had a buddy that lived over there for like a month or two on some uh, student thing. And he said like, it was a foreign world totally alien how the customs how they interact um the atmosphere and china's just very fascinating that part of the world i haven't been to yet and i'm gonna be going there uh but danny uh educate me i want to learn okay all right so i've been in china for about six years now i'm in the southern part sichuan um the capital is chengdu basically we're famous for having the panda here we have like the panda zoo um, maybe maybe 20 minutes from me or something like I'm right in the city center. Um, but basically, my first year in China, I lived in a small town inside of Sichuan, but it wasn't in the city I'm in now. It was maybe like one hour away. And then a year later, I moved to the big city. And that's basically where I've been at the past uh, five years. So I tasted small town life and I tasted big city life. So uh, I think I yeah, you definitely got a good good perspective yeah 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 i think so i think so and plus i spent a lot of time just interacting with the locals i think a lot more than most foreigners do who come to china because it seems like most foreigners who come to china maybe uh they just hang out with the people who can speak english and they like they date girls who maybe can speak english and like they maybe don't really ever get fully into the culture and the language so um that's one of the things I kind of prided myself on, like really getting into the culture here and being a part of what's going on and trying to see, you know, like if I could make a long-term life here, like is this the place for me to be long-term? Yeah, first question though, why'd you take that jump? I mean, why China? Okay, so I don't know if you can see that picture back here. Uh, that's my mom. My mom is in the military well, she was in the military, so she was in the military for 20 years and she was stationed in South Korea for about six or seven years. So um, she always told me when I was a little kid, like, you should go to you should go to Korea, you should go to Korea. And I just never like had the opportunity until I graduated. So I went to Korea and taught English for a year. But Korea wasn't really didn't really fit me, wasn't really suitable. So I had a friend that I went to school with. 
he was teaching at that college in uh, Sichuan uh, that I got my first job at. So uh, he was able to help me get a job there. And that's how I ended up in China, because I figured if Korea didn't work out for me, China was like the next step, the next easiest step. Was the goal to stay this long or was it just a one year plan and then you liked it so much you stayed or what's the story? Um, I was just open to experience. Um, I had no desire to go back to America because America just kind of, you know, wasn't really, I, I already figured I'm from the South. So I went to school in Arkansas, um, but we moved around a lot come from a military family, but basically I just knew that I didn't want to live that kind of life that I saw a lot of people living uh, where I come from. It's basically like you get married straight out of college and start having babies and that's just your life kind of. So I didn't, you know, it didn't really fit me. It didn't really fit me. Uh, so basically, yeah. Um, and I don't know, like I didn't, I just realized like when I was in China, like, hey, I really like it here. It's like really awesome. I got a pretty good life set up and um, I think I can make a life here. I think I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said you were on a, a VPN. That that's a topic to get into. That's why we're we're a little laggy now. But if you can hear me, no worries. Uh, before you went to China, the propaganda, obviously. Can you elaborate on how much of that is maybe true and how much of it is not true? I mean, is it so evil and, and terrible? I mean, I, obviously, it's not if you're still living there, but. Kind of like the the what we get shot in the news and what we see on the internet. What is like the big differences? Okay, okay. Um, so this is a good one. Uh, basically, I don't know much about what gets said in China, in America, because honestly, when I first came to China, uh, China was not that big in American news. Like it was starting to get more and more popular. Like, oh, China's becoming like more powerful, but it was never what it is now. Like every week is like a different story that you might see about China. Um, so I honestly, I'm not well informed about that, but I will tell you that the life of people who live here, like foreigners pretty much love living in China or they like it. There are some people who don't like it, but like generally... If you can get a good setup here in China, which I believe I have, I, I believe I have a pretty good setup here, you can have like a very comfortable life for the most part. Um, hold on, let me sit on something so I can like raise myself up. <laughs> no worries, no worries. And you're completely clear. I don't have any lag from you. So you're completely clear. Oh, beautiful. Um, okay, so comfortable. I mean, is that just the cost of living, no crime, um, opportunity? Like, what kind of comfortable are you talking about? Okay, so when I lived in South Korea, the problem with South Korea is that I did not see many opportunities outside of teaching English or working in a company. And based off what I've heard, Japan is very similar in that um, the opportunity to do something outside of the system the established system is very low. China is very different in that there are lots of foreigners here who are business owners, maybe they're musicians, um, different jobs that you can do or businesses that you can create that I did not see being done at this scale in other countries. China just offers a lot of opportunity because they value you being different and you bring something to the table that um maybe a chinese person doesn't have so there's a lot more opportunity i would say here or there i'm just gonna speak like based off how it was i'm gonna assume that it's still the same a lot has changed since corona but basically um you can have a pretty good life here doing business uh being a student um working in a company teaching english in my part of China, the cost of living is low. So my apartment, I'm literally right in the city center. Like I just go across the street and there's like the biggest like kind of shopping area here. And like my rent is pretty cheap for like a one bedroom, one kitchen, one bathroom, one kitchen. Um, what is it? Uh, yeah. In dollars. 
I think I pay maybe five hundred, a little bit over five hundred dollars a month. It's about three thousand one hundred yuan. Um, so uh, I think I got the conversion right, but basically, it's pretty affordable. Okay, so a big thing like, I really want to talk to you about. I brought up the, the Western propaganda, and obviously, when I started really traveling. You start realizing a lot of the things you were taught or the way you grew up. There's other ways to do it that might make you more fulfilled. And, you know, traveling, the cliche, it, it just opens up your mind, right? So yeah. I'm wondering here, in China, from a lot of stuff people read and see, it's this, you know, the dictatorship or whatnot. And the free. there's not as much freedom. And what is that true on your end? Do you feel like you're trapped? Do you feel like you have to shut your mouth? Or do you feel just fine? For me, I feel fine because I mainly stay out of politics. I've had friends who I tried to convince to come over to China and like um, they just, for some reason, they feel like they couldn't keep their mouth closed or like they just have to like speak about stuff that they really have no power over for the most part. Um, for me, I like to focus on the things I do have energy on, like the things I can affect in my life that really matter. Um, and I also believe, I believe like fixing your own country before you try to fix someone else's country. Like a lot of these people, I don't know, like how they, what have they done to try to improve things in America before they try to come over to China and like try to tell Chinese people how they should live or try to affect change. I go, ten, I go 10 steps farther. I fix yourself before you try fixing any country and then another country, just fix yourself. But nobody likes to do that because it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like personal development. But um, you know, yeah, there you go. So, but overall, though, if you just don't talk about certain political things, I mean, you're living pretty free, you feel, don't you? You said comfortable and you can do what you want, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, um, you have a lot of freedom here. Like, I feel like when you're raised in your own country, you're raised around the people who knew you when you were a kid, like your family and like your classmates. So that kind of puts you in like a box, like you might feel afraid to be different or act differently than you did when you were younger. So that kind of stuff can actually constrict your freedom while going to a new country where no one knows you can be like, it's like very relieving. Like you can like adopt a whole new persona and the country that China was before the coronavirus, where every few months, new people were coming in and out, in and out. That was a really awesome time because basically you could like adopt a new persona like every three months if you wanted to. And nobody would remember you because the people, China always would have a group of people coming in and out, in and out, like, you know, just coming and stay for a while or work for a while. or And then, you know, it was just a constant stream of people. So no one's really paying you that much attention anyway. You could be who you want to be for the most part. I've heard this um, said before is that uh, a lot of people like the Chinese people, but hate the the people's Republic or whatever. And uh, I'm wondering what is like the national pride um, in there? Like you said, you lived in the small town, the big town, are they super pent up with uh, maybe world domination, which seems uh, the, the party is wants to do or become this, the great China again, so they've had dynasties for thousands and thousands of years, or are they kind of just normal people living their life? Honestly, it's pretty normal here for the most part. Like when you're talking to Chinese people, like they just want to ask you about like where you come from, uh, what you think about this. You don't really get the sense that there's like any kind of oppression going on in general it feels pretty normal here because the thing about i think asian societies is that people kind of know their role like you know like i'm this kind of person so i do this while in america we kind of have like people want to like create new roles and new genders so like maybe a lot of people are more confused about how they should go about life but generally people here like they know like okay i go to school i get married house job etc like they know the path that they are supposed to take in life or the that they feel they should take in life um so you have a lot less confusion here than i would say like compared to america where people are like 
what should I be? What should I do? What gender should I choose? Like, you know, it's more like more open. Um, but and there's good and bad to that, but overall I would say it works in China. And like if it works, if it if it didn't work r- really well, um China would not have made it this far. So I would say the things that Chinese people do and how they live, it works for them in the context of this society. Yeah, a lot of good points there. And um, I was going to hit on this. It seems like, yeah, the, the Asian people, not just in China, love to follow rules more or like uh, go with uh, the guidelines and, you know, all the stuff that happened in the last couple of years, like they were super strict on it. You know what I mean? That's kind of been like uh, their culture, would you say, following orders? Yeah, I mean, um, rules can be helpful for some people. Like, I think maybe for you and me, we're the kinds of people who maybe prefer to make our own rules and our make our own way through life. But for most people, they prefer kind of being told what to do, I would say. like, um, Because that means you don't have to do all the thinking for yourself. Like, if you have to come up with your own way of living, your own way of thinking, it's a lot more work. It's a lot easier just to follow the rules of your culture and say, okay, I'm Chinese. I think this way. Okay, we should do this um, and that. So I say, yeah, that's my answer for that. Okay, so you're saying like it's been working. Obviously, China's gone crazy the last 50 years, 20 years. I saw um, a map in 1980, almost every African um, country had a higher uh, the human index or the, the capita thing, some one of those money stats or uh, good life stats. And then now, you know, obviously China has uh, better than every single of those African countries. So something is working. Now, my question to you is, is this system better than the American system? Or is this kind of a facade? Because we've been hearing about how China is a paper tiger and they've faked a lot of different stuff. They played with their currency. They've built all this real estate that no one inhabits and, um, you know, Evergrade, they're talking about that company going under the Chinese uh, real estate company. So I'm wondering, is this sustainable, this system? Is it a better system than America? And, or is just, just the paper tiger and this shit's going to, the Ponzi scheme going to collapse soon? I can tell you that Chinese people really feel like, you know, like if you ask any Chinese business person that I know, they believe in the Chinese system. So that's uh, what I can say about that. Um, yeah, man, like, you know, they believe in their system and it, and it's worked for them. Like, if, you know, if you've been in China, you've seen, like, I ask my girl all the time, like, what changes have you seen in China over the past, you know, when you grow up? Like, she's 21. So when she was like 10 years old, the city looked completely different than it does now. And, you know, she's basically and her parents have basically seen the same thing. They've seen China develop to where, like, you know, the the whole city, like maybe it was like a village or something 25 years ago. And now it's like a metropolis, of, you know, with all the the Gucci store. Like literally I can see the Gucci store from my um, apartment It's this. The Gucci store here in Chengdu is apparently maybe the richest Gucci store out of all the stores on the planet. Basically, this one makes more money than any other Gucci store on this planet. That's what I've heard. So, And, you know, whenever I go out there, there's a line of people there. So they're definitely spending. And if you're spending it, that must mean you're not afraid to lose it or you think, you know, you'll be okay. So that's the general sentiment I get from people. Like the average person doesn't seem very worried about anything. So overall, I know obviously you're not an economic person or whatever. Overall, do you think the system is better here or in China or in America? Or does it kind of depend on you know the people you have? Like maybe the Chinese system wouldn't work in America. Yeah, man, it definitely depends. Like, because we can't like, I feel like Americans, we always, for the most part, we maybe think that our way of doing things is better. Like we try to bring our thought system to other cultures but we don't realize that other cultures have a different history than we have so like the way a russian person views the world 
is based off Russian history. And Russian history is very different than American history. So I actually had a, a German friend. He told me like, oh, you Americans, you Americans are so optimistic. And I, I never thought about it until he said it. Like, you know, I never thought like a culture of people could be more optimistic than another group of people. But then like after, after I met more and more people, it kind of became clear to me that history plays a big role in, in how people view the world. So uh, I wouldn't say anything is better. I don't think that the American system that we have, you could just like take it and bring it to China and everything would be great. I disagree with that completely. So you said that your girl and their family, they've seen the changes. I got two questions here. For the most part now, do you think uh, the Chinese people are happy, the ones you're, you're meeting? And um, is it a j different change of mindset with the happiness, the sadness from 10, 15 years ago or wherever your girlfriend's family, when they grew up, has there been an increase in happiness and are the people happy right now? Okay, so on the happiness part, um, it's hard for me to say because money doesn't necessarily bring happiness, but like if your country has become a lot richer and your life has become a lot more comfortable and your lifespan has increased a large extent. Like if your lifespan is now a lot longer than it would have been like 20 or 30 years ago, you probably, I, I would guess they're more happy. Uh, the first question you asked, what was the first question? I forgot it. Is the happy part. And then basically like the changes in the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years, if they've, uh, overall been like a net good to the people like or is the the more capitalism that's been infused in the system kind of ruining tradition and like are, are they happy with it all it definitely seems like um people are pretty satisfied with life a lot more satisfied than maybe they were in the past uh definitely and making money chinese people definitely seem to enjoy making money and spending it um I live right in the city center. So like I see sports cars, like $500,000 sports cars right down the street every day. Um, yeah, I don't know. People so, but really what do like people think about that though? Cause there's still the, the communist uh, principle and stuff. So when they're seeing this, are they not getting mad or like, wow, I'm getting screwed. And uh, th this system is somewhat corrupt. I mean, are they, is anyone saying that? There's always going to be people in this who are like unhappy with their lot in life. There's always going to be a group of people who just aren't satisfied with what they're getting. Um, in general, it seems like most people feel that they, if they work, if they really work themselves to the bone, they can get what they want for the most part. And although having connections does help, but generally like um, I'm a university teacher. So I see people like studying really, really hard. And they really believe that if they put enough work in, they can get what they want in life. They don't think it'll be easy, but they think definitely they can get what they want. So I'd say overall, people here are pretty optimistic. I actually saw a study maybe a year or two ago that said like Chinese people are like the most, currently like the most optimistic group of people because they see like the most potential for China. So that's something yeah, that kind of says a lot. And it kind of matches the sentiment I see. Like when I walk down the street, um, you know, people are wearing like the really nice clothes. Like people in China are definitely better dressed than people in America, I'd say. Because clothing here is just so abundant and people can you know, get really nice clothes for a low price. So people here really, you know, it's like, wow, like they dress so much better than Americans. Yeah, I never really put too much... Uh too much into those studies. Like I remember reading about uh, how happy Denmark was in Scandinavia. And, and then I lived there in the first three months. I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty crazy. And then you start seeing like the core and you're like, oh, maybe uh, these studies, uh, it's better to hear the sentence, like what you see in person. And like you said, you know, overall, you're, you're teaching these people. They believe they have opportunity. They're walking around with their shoulders up. Um, so that's interesting. Now, let me ask you this. When my buddy went to China, he said it was an alien world. And I think this was like maybe three, four years ago. Can you expand on that point? What like what makes it so alien from um you know United States? Alien, honestly, 
I never really got that vibe. Maybe it's because I spent a year in another Asian country before I came to China. So I was pretty much prepared for like a lot of things to be different. And at this point, like almost seven years in, I've kind of like adapted to where like stuff that would have weirded me, like I thought might be weird in America. I'm kind of like, oh, like, of course, like, of course, that kind of thing is going to happen here in China. Like, um, yeah, I was, I don't know, an alien world. Because honestly, it seems so normal to me now. Like, I've been in China, like, I've maybe adapted a little too well. Because, like, maybe if I go back to America, it'll be like a reverse culture shock. But definitely my first year in China, I just thought everything was really exciting. Because, like, I'm in a new environment. I kind of have a really good life set up, um, great job. Pretty much, if you can like overcome the language, if you can learn Chinese and be able to speak Chinese with people, that kind of makes all like the confusion kind of disappear because you can kind of interact and you can get around. So, yeah, but I definitely say it's a lot more efficient, kind of. It's kind of, it's alien in that everything works kind of the way you want it to like for example you got packages like mail package like they send you a notification on the phone they put it down there in your apartment like delivery here is really good like why my like the takeout um what else i got a, got a list i wrote it down uh oh yeah the healthcare system like the hospital healthcare system is really really good here like you can get I was in America in university, and for some reason, I think I had like a food poisoning or something. I had to go to the hospital. I called the hospital. I, I can't remember if I called an ambulance or I drove myself there. And like basically, I ended up paying like $500 just to like pee in a cup and then have the doctor tell me, like, okay, like go to the store, get this medicine. Like $500 in China can get you like really good surgery from a pretty good hospital and in America we're paying like $500 just for like a trip to them to tell you, okay, go to Walgreens and buy this. Like, it's, you know, some things over here are definitely a lot better. I would say than what I remember when I uh, was in America. How do the Chinese people view other cultures, whether it be Europeans, whether it be Africans, Americans, uh, whatnot. Um, from my point of view, from my Western propaganda, it's like the government believes that China is the the sole ruler of the world, that they should be the number one, like, uh, you know, race or they're the top dog, right? Is that uh, what the normal people, the locals, the people you meet think, or are they pretty open to other cultures? Um, I'd say definitely if you're hanging around university-aged people, and people who maybe have a university background. Basically, people who are under the age of 40, people who are under the age of 40, you can pretty much say that they'll be friendly to foreigners or they're at least somewhat open-minded. They're not like afraid. Now we get like to the older generation, it's like, okay, I think kind of old people in every country, you kind of expect for them to be like more closed-minded, but are you going to be hanging out with old people when you come to China? Like, probably not. So, like, um, the people that you want to hang out with are generally pretty open-minded, and uh, they're probably curious about your culture. They might have ideas based off something they saw in the news or the movies or something about your culture because, like, they just don't have – maybe that person didn't have any – you're, like, the first foreigner they've ever spoken to, especially if you speak Chinese. You might be the first foreigner they are ever spoken to. So, um, yeah, but generally people here are friendly. And if you like beer, if you like drinking beer, when you go to the bar, like, you know, a Chinese bar, they're going to definitely try to drink with you. Like, you can get all the free beer you want here just by having friends, like Chinese friends. Like, they're going to always, like, and that's my part. I don't even, I don't like drinking beer. I don't, I'm not really an alcohol person. So I always have, have that conflict. Like, oh, like, oh, I got to go to the bar and then someone's going to want to drink with me and I don't want to be rude. So, yeah, I guess I'll I'll go ahead and drink with them. Like, oh, but, you know, but a lot of people like drinking. So do, if you like drinking. You know. 
But do you think they have that superiority thing to them? That they believe they're the top dogs in this world or no? Sometimes. It really depends the types of people you hang out with. I think the older generation might have that more than the younger generation. Like people who are like successful in business or maybe they come from a rich family. If they're like successful in business or they come from a rich family, like their life has been good probably their whole life. So of course they might feel like, yeah, this, this is great place. Like in America, you guys got so much poverty and people like fighting on the, in the streets and like um, burning down cars. But like um, generally, maybe it's because my city is somewhat affluent. Like Chengdu is a pretty affluent city. We're definitely not Shanghai, but like we're a good enough city to where people here are pretty much middle class. A lot of people here are middle class. So for them, their life is like, you know, pretty good for the most part. Like the system is working for them. Like they're they're able to work and survive and they have enough money to take out their girlfriend to eat. They can buy clothes. They pretty much they're not really lacking in any like huge things that we have in America for the most part, things that you really feel are necessary for life. They pretty much have that here. So, but yeah, I don't really sense any overall superiority unless you're like really, really like talking to a person who like, um, who's like really patriotic and he just really believes like, you know, China number one, like, you know, so you brought up the you go to a bar and everyone wants to buy you drinks because you're a foreigner. Is it like a, a mini uh, celebrity status in, in China being a foreigner? And my second thing to go off it is what is dating like as a foreigner in China? OK, so things have changed a lot in the past six years. First, more foreigners came to China and then a lot of foreigners left China because during the corona and they weren't able to get back in and we've seen like a steady decrease of foreigners um because like you know china's kind of locked down now so people aren't getting in uh but basically yeah when i first came to china it was more of a celebrity effect uh a little bit especially in the smaller towns in the smaller towns like if you're like if you go to a bar you're the only foreigner they've probably ever seen in person. So, of course, they want to drink with you. And if you're going into a Chinese club where there's not many foreigners, you're kind of like, you know, people are paying you attention, basically. People are paying you attention, usually. Um, dating, I would say, it depends, man. Like, you know, I think you are, and I, we're pretty familiar with these uh, these travel groups where lots of guys go to these different countries and they're like, yeah, man, like all you gotta do is show up and like, you know, they love Americans and like, you know, it's, all you gotta do is show up. And I say China is not like that for most people. Like, unless you're like really tall and handsome or like just at least handsome, like uh, women are not gonna be all over you just because you are a foreigner. Like at least like the women that I would consider to be physically attractive, like, they usually have higher requirements than just like, uh, oh, like, whoa, he's a foreigner. But I definitely understand that some countries, like some, based off what I hear, like Colombia and Brazil, maybe like you can have that kind of effect where you just show up and like women are going to be over, all over you. But China's culture is a little bit different. So um, you'll definitely find it easier here than America. I think the women here have better girlfriends than what you'll find in America. And the dating process is kind of more straightforward. Um, but yeah, I think, you you know, if you learn Chinese, you'll have a lot more opportunities. That's what I'll say. How long did it take you to do that, to learn Chinese? I feel like my Chinese didn't get conversational until my third year in China. Um, look, if you really focus and you study Chinese, you can get conversational within a year and you can get basically good enough within a year and a half, two years, uh, probably faster, like depending on how much time you study. Like there are people who come to China 
speaking zero Chinese. And uh, within a year, they're basically semi-fluent in Chinese. But you got to like grind really hard in the language to do that. You got to maybe hours of class every day, flashcards, study, and then go uh, hang out with Chinese people. If you do that every day for like six months or a year, your Chinese is going to be good enough. Um, and you can always take things to a higher level. But yeah, um, it took me within three years to get to where I didn't have to constantly pull out a phone translator. Like I pretty much understood what we're talking about. And the thing that makes it complicated is that in my part of China, they speak a different kind of Chinese. So it's like a, uh, called Sichuanhua. So it's like a little bit different than Mandarin, different accent and maybe different way of phrasing sentences. So that added to my uh, difficulty, but you know, overall, if you're persistent, you can do it. You can like learn Chinese and, you know, definitely have a Chinese lifestyle and they'll definitely open up way more opportunities for you. Like being able to speak Chinese, it gives you a lot of opportunities here in China. What is better and what is worse living in China than living in America? Worse. I'll say worse. It really depends on your setup. Um, basically, because I'm a foreigner living here in China, so my visa depends on like a company or a school. So like the thing that's maybe worse is that you don't have as much flexibility to move jobs if it's not working out at your current job. So that can be kind of annoying, especially since China requires a good amount of paperwork for you to change jobs. But it's pretty similar to that in like many countries where if like if you're on a working visa, it's going to be more difficult for you to change jobs if you have like a job that doesn't suit you or maybe you and the boss just don't see eye to eye. So I'd say it's less uh, it's kind of difficult to be like mobile if you're trying to like do things on a work visa. Uh, things that I think are better. Um, I live in Chengdu, which I think is like the street food capital. I haven't been to many other places in China, honestly. Like I love Sichuan and Chengdu so much that I just I rarely leave. But basically, the food here is amazing. Like you walk out, I can walk outside my door. There's like a street full of like um, in Chinese we call them lu bian tan. It's like uh, food carts, like food little stores, like people who brought their little food truck and it's like a small little um, table with wheels and all this. And you can get the food cooked right in front of you. Like I got a street full of it right outside my home. So it's like really amazing. Like at nighttime, the atmosphere is so great. You can basically just chill out there with your friends, your girlfriend, whatever, like just enjoying like the nighttime scenery. That's like one of my favorite parts of China, just the nighttime like atmosphere. It's like really... I don't know. It's just it's something I couldn't find in my part of America, and that I would guess is probably rare outside of like the big, really big cities. Um, healthcare here is great. You can go to the doctor, pay like what? You can get a doctor to check you out and see like what's up with you for like less than five dollars, I think. And if you need any tests done. That's what, maybe $20? Like, it's crazy. Like, you can get x-rays. You can, you know, stuff that would cost you, like, thousands of dollars in America. You can get done for really cheap here in China. So it's, like, really nice. And it's super convenient. This is all, like, if you get into the system in China, you get your information into the system to where, like, you can, like, you're, 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 you have a hospital that you can... Um, sign up for things for and you have the your own credit card or debit card so you can buy things online like that's one other thing that china does amazing like shopping like my clothing game here is crazy like my closet is just filled with like so many clothes that's like i love it here like i love it here. like i if i ever leave china i'm gonna be really sad that i can't use taobao anymore to like buy things because you can find the high quality clothing for a cheap price it's just you know i would have i would have man i wish i had this kind of 
shopping options when I was in high school. You can just get on there like high quality stuff just for like five, ten dollars, like less than twenty dollars. Is it replica? Is it just a replica stuff or what? I mean, it's like you can do that. I don't care about name brands. I don't buy name brands. I just buy based off the design. So like this hoodie I'm wearing, it doesn't have any name brand. It's just like basically a camouflage hoodie. But it's really high quality and it's like really comfortable. So if you're the type of person who doesn't care about name brands, I think China is amazing. If you do care about name brands, you can get like lots of knockoffs for dirt cheap and people won't be able to tell the difference between like the knockoff and like, you know, some knockoff Yeezys and the real Yeezys, like people won't be able to tell the difference. Um, I would never do that. I would never buy like a knockoff name brand because like, what's the point? Like, I don't even believe in name brands for the most part, unless it's like, I believe in the quality. So if it's really good quality, really good design, that's what matters. And, uh, the online See, that's that's interesting though, because when you think about Chinese stuff, you think about Chinese shit. You know, I don't buy any Chinese stuff like around here because I think it's it's terrible. But you're saying it's actually good quality in China. Yeah, amazing quality. Like, don't let the AliExpress. I, I've seen like the reviews. I've never used AliExpress, but apparently like in America, a lot of Americans are using AliExpress to like buy things and like it's like bad quality. But here in China, Taobao is like really good. Like you can like it's top quality. Like, you know, you can get really good stuff like. I bought like a gigantic cooker that lets you like you can barbecue and you can cook hot pot on it. I bought that for like maybe only like less than $30. And I used it the other night with my girlfriend. It's amazing quality. Like this stuff is really good here. Like you can get really good stuff on Taobao. It depends on the seller though. But generally like 90% plus. I've never had any real problems with any quality problems with Taobao. Like honestly, like buying in china like if you know your size if you know your size then you can like buy whatever you want and it'll fit you perfectly that's interesting to go with that comment it seems like the, the chinese are taking care of most of their citizens i said most um but and then they send all the other shit to, to everywhere else to subvert it i know you can't probably speak on that but you know we're talking like the fentanyl and the cheap all the cheap stuff that breaks down, the Christmas toys we all bought, you know, last 20 years, shipped off our manufacturing from the USA. But anyways, that's a side note. How have you changed as a, a person in China? The last six years, like, I mean, what has all changed with you, how you live your life, you know, your what you think is valuable, your ethics, et cetera? Yeah, man, like, I've had, a, I, I'm really grateful for, like, being here, like, Although I don't see this as the place I'm going to spend the rest of my life, I definitely am very grateful for like being able to be here because just like for me specifically, I I've been able to get jobs and uh, have a nice setup to where like I have lots of free time to like study the language, read tons of books, work out. Um, like I was at the gym like right before we did this call. Um, I've done like a lot of just personal development since I've been here and like, I've just, I'm a lot more peaceful now. Like I don't really, you know, like the stuff that I see other people chasing in America, like I see people chasing after fame and like, uh, they feel like they need to be like, a on you know, the Forbes list, they feel like they need to be like a top star just to like, you know, live the quality of life that they want. And I can't relate to that at all. Like I'm, I'm very lucky that. The things I want in life don't really cost that much money and they're not particularly difficult to get. So um, I just think being in a situation where I, that I have here in China where you can make enough money and you still have lots of free time to pretty much do what you want. It's a really great just for like being able to develop as a person. Yeah, that's uh what a lot of traveling does, it seems to a lot of people, they start realizing what actually matters and, and uh, focusing on that, you know, becoming more minimalistic with uh, your lifestyle. But um, why? Why would you want to stay in China if you like it so much? The rest of your life, you were saying you probably don't see yourself. Well, I realized that I used to, the reason you see all these paintings on the wall is that I kind of thought that I wanted to be a painter 
for a long time. Like, it's kind of one of those things that I was very passionate about as a kid. And then I lost it for a while. I studied engineering in school. So, like, uh, my mom always wanted me to be an engineer because, like, oh, you can make so much money being an engineer. Like, that's what she kind of pushed me into. Um, and then I just happened to get, like, a scholarship to university. And I was like, okay, I'll study engineering. But then, like, later, uh, as I was about to graduate, I kind of realized that I wanted to be, like, a. I was interested in art and painting. And just uh, leaving America, I was able to pursue that. But then I kind of realized, like, in the last year that, the lifestyle of like a painter just doesn't really suit me. I don't like, uh, I, I enjoy painting and making art, but I don't like um, the kind of, the way that a lot of artists, like they do business. It's kind of like they're very emotional and they, they, they don't think in a business way. And for me, I'm kind of more business minded. So um, I just don't see me being able to live the kind of life I want working as a painter here in China, I'd rather uh, do maybe like I'm currently working on my online business. I'm doing like designing a leather bag for men, a toiletry bag. And it's like I see that as a better way. And it kind of combines my interests. It's just like you have more freedom because if, if I work here as a painter, I'm dependent on like whatever is happening in China at the moment. But like if I'm working from my computer and I'm designing things uh, that allows me a lot more location freedom and also just freedom and you know security so that's kind of my perspective yeah we'll throw that thing in the in the bio i know you wanted to, to bring that up for sure uh my last question here is if you had to make a choice who would you want to be uh the ruler of the world because we can say the last 50 70 years american imperialism has been the top dog of the world. China's catching up. Who would you choose to rule this world right now if you had to choose one country? Well, I'm American, so of course I, I have to be biased towards America. But I will say that... I don't know. It's hard, it's hard for me to say, man. Of course, I'm a, my passport's American, so I benefit the most. Like Maybe if China gave me like a Chinese passport, my answer could possibly be different. But yeah, like, um, honestly, you know, things have been, sorry. Yeah, honestly, uh, yeah. I like being an American living in China. I like being an American living in China. It gives me like a lot of opportunities. So I really enjoy it. And I, I, I don't see it as a big competition between China and America. I feel like that's kind of like what the media says. I don't think there's actually they actually see each other as competitors for the most part. Maybe they just have like conflicting interests. You snuck around that one pretty good, but uh, <laughs> hey, amazing. I got a whole new perspective on China. I definitely want to go visit in the near future. This Bold Perceptions is all about connecting the doers. So if any of our listeners are interested more in uh in China, maybe visiting there, getting a job, learning the language, would they be able to uh, contact you? Oh, yeah, you guys can contact me. Um, I guess I'll I'll leave an email that you guys can uh, uh, reach out to me. I'll give you my Chinese email. Maybe you can put it in the description or something. And I'll, you know, I can point people to resources. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's a big world out there. And you know, don't believe people when they try to scare you away from a country. Like, honestly, um, I think most countries, at least in this part of the world, are pretty okay for the most part. Uh, it's definitely safe, I would say. Um, like, my next move that I'm thinking of doing is probably somewhere in Russia. So I know, like, the American media, they say so much about Russia, but, like, honestly... Uh, I, I have friends who lived there for years and it's kind of the same thing with China. Like people say so much about China, but like if you actually talk to someone who has a good life set up in that country, their perspective is probably going to be very different than a person who maybe their life set up isn't as good. And, you know, so for me, I'm just very lucky that overall I can say positive things about China and I, yeah, my setup is just really, really good. And I'm very thankful for the time I've been here. So. Yeah, I learned that lesson the first 
time in Mexico, and then I really learned it in Brazil. Is stop uh, reading the news and um, books or anything. Just go see it for yourself. Make your own judgment. Stop relying on everything around you externally because you might find out it's totally opposite and uh, that uh, you would have missed an amazing opportunity. So, hey, Danny, I really appreciate you coming on. Look forward to uh, continuing a relationship with you, and I appreciate uh, the new insight on the big, bad China. Uh-huh. It's not that bad, but it's really big. So you come here, you're going to have a lot of place you can explore. So the way I think of these psychedelics, or a different way, is that they're catalysts for the imagination. Catalysts to say what has never been said, to see what has never been seen, to draw, paint, sing, sculpt, dance, and act what has never before been done to push the envelope of creativity and language. And what's really important is, I call it the felt presence of direct experience, which is a fancy term which just simply means we have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Don't watch TV. Don't read magazines. Don't even listen to NPR. Create your own roadshow. The, the, the nexus of space and time where you are now is the most immediate sector of your universe. And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you're disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that you know you can, you want to dress like x or have lips like y or something this is this is shit brained this kind of thinking that is all cultural diversion and what is real is you and your friends and your uh, associations your highs your orgasms your hopes your plans your fears and we are, we are told, no, we're unimportant, we're peripheral, get a degree, get a job, get a this, get a that, and then you're a player. You don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. Where is that at? Yeah, over here. <laughs>